<laughs> long day. Oh, hey guys. Hey. Hey. Welcome to the 13th Floor Podcast, starring me, Cece. Me, Alex. Me, James. And you guys, this week we're talking about pirates. Ahoy, matey. Yeah, I guess that's what we should say. Instead of saying hello, we should say ahoy. Yeah. Ahoy, hoy. Um, how have you guys been? <laughs> Great. <Huh>? A plus. <laughs> Sorry, baby. James, how have you been? I'm okay. I feel guilty about Thanos. Uh, uh, <laughs> he's okay, but okay for a second, I, uh, I pulled a, a moldy leaf out of his enclosure, and he was attached to said leaf. Uh, well, his, his web was, and it kind of like zipped him up in silk, like a little pouch. Uh, and I was really worried. I was like, oh, my God, I think I might have crushed him for several <laughs> hours because he was hidden under that silk for hours. And oh. uh, then it, today he molted, which means either it was just time or I stressed him out so much that he molted. Wow, James. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't feel guilty, number one. You need to release that negative energy from your life. <laughs> and you need to realize that Thanos is okay. Yeah. Also, examining the uh, molt... Uh, might have to change yeah. the name. I can't tell for sure, but Thanos might be another purple eight-legged entity, um, like <gasps> Ursula, for example. Oh. oh, my goodness. Thanos might be a woman? Thanos might be a girl, yeah. Oh, bless her little heart. Can't tell. <laughs> you know, you could call her um, Thanos. Uh, what's it, what's it? Turn Thanos into a girl name. Yeah, Ursula, come on. Thana. Purple eight legs, Ursula. You can listen, Ursula. listen. Thanos. 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 Thana. Yeah, Thana. Um, <laughs> Thanos has grown accustomed to her name. <laughs> so you just need to like let her live as who she is. This is the thing, okay? When I was younger, we had a cat that we mm. thought was a girl. We thought it was a girl for like the first like couple months of its life. And then we took it to the vet and it turns <laughs> out that Gracie was a boy. And it's a so lot harder we, to do with a cat. It is. It, it is. It is. Grady was, he, listen, I'm not going to go into it, but we changed his name. We changed Gracie to just Grady because that's easy and mm. it didn't cause any stress and he remembered who he was. You know what I mean? <laughs> he remembered who he was. Oh, man. Wow. Anyways, so Thanos might be Thana. <laughs> you guys, that's where we're at in life right now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Welcome to 2021. <laughs> yep. Our world's being turned upside down. Upside down. Oh, yeah. And even though uh, this is a few days off at the time of this recording, happy birthday, Jeremy, our friend Jeremy. Happy birthday, Jeremy. Happy birthday, Jeremy. <laughs> Alex is very excited for your birthday. So, you guys, do we want to say hello to our listeners from around the globe? Mm, yeah. Okay, let me pull it up. Alex, talk. Um, hello, listeners around the globe. Something, something rhymes with the globe. Oh my gosh, Alex, that was just like so weak. Okay, here. So what rhymes with the globe? Robe, shiffer robe. That's all I got. Robe, and then a word with uh, with robe in it. Yeah. Mirror, mm. mirror robe. Mirror lobe. Robe. Oh my god! All right, you know what? We're done with the the obe. My, my favorite listeners have earlobes. <laughs> all right so you guys today we are gonna give a happy hello to everybody in antigua 
Because that's a new one for us. We've been all over the Caribbean lately. Nice. We have. It's been wonderful, which is fitting. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, but Mm -hmm. my my pirates are right in the thick of the Caribbean. Also, Saudi Arabia. We have some listens in Saudi Arabia, which is brand new. Nice. And then Alex in America. Do you want to point to them? Okay, Alex is saying hello to everybody in Texas. In Texas, you are actually the third top listener in January right now. So Ooh, Killing it. Yeah, you guys, thank you for listening wherever you are around the world. We thank you. And also, if you have any friends, let me just put this out there. If you have any friends in Idaho, Wyoming, North Dakota, Vermont, or Maine, be sure to tell them about our podcast because those are five states that like we just don't have any listenership in. Hmm. Yeah, they yeah. bailed on us. Yeah, they bailed on us. We've had listeners there in the past. I was about to say, I was like, I know Ben or Jerry was listening to us because we had somebody in Vermont. <laughs> ben or Jerry. Well, anyways, if you guys like this podcast, I hope that you will tell your friends about it. All you have to do really is just take a screenshot and then send it to your friends and say, hey, listen, mom, I think you'd really like this podcast. <laughs> or, hey, cousin Vinny. Um, cousin listen, Vinny? you, Yeah, you want to learn about pirates? I've got the podcast for you. So let your friends know about us. We are also going to be launching our Patreon in March. So stay tuned for that. And if you want to submit a topic to us, because today we were talking about pirates submitted to us by Nathan. Remember, Alex? Nathan White is on your side. Oh, yeah. And if you want to hear some fun facts about you when we draw your topic out of the vase, send it to us. You can send it to us on Instagram at 13th Floor Podcast, on our Facebook page, uh, on our website, 13thfloorpodcast.com, or just email it to us, 13thfloorpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah. I got the spiel done. Is there anything you guys want to say about our Patreon, about how exciting our bonus content is going to be? Get ready. Get for hyped. more. Yeah. If you want to listen to 13th Floor After Dark, some darker conspiracy <laughs> theories, it's going to happen. Yeah. So... We've got that and a lot more interesting content coming to you. So, you guys, what's our icebreaker today? Mm, who is your favorite Paw Patrol character? Paw Oh, man. Trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Hands down. No, I think, I think I have one, okay? Oh, awesome. If you guys had a pirate ship, what would you name it? Oh, that's a good oh. one. Oh. Mm. Mm. <laughs> this needs to be a meme. You know, like, uh, you know, like uh, your porn name and all that. Uh, let's see. What would what's the formula? What would the formula? Be for I, I would be like ship? my my pirate ship would be like ocean. I would just name it ocean. That way, if anyone spotted it and they were looking for me, and they're like, "Hey, there's the ocean," and they're like, uh, no, one, "No one would be like, ah, oh, I'm not gonna look. I'm not gonna bother attacking." It's just the ocean. Yeah, it's like, what do you want? What do you want, Jerry? What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I I would be more playful with mine. And I would name it after something I love and something that I want and something that I've been craving lately. Because you guys, Alfredo. guess what? <laughs> <laughs> no, Girl Scout season is right uh, is right around the corner, and I've really is that the name been... of your ship, Girl Scout. <laughs> no, I would Tag-alogs. name it. Oh, good lord, I would name it the Thin Mint. <laughs> the Thin Mint. The Thin Mint. There's something that just rolls off the tongue and just yeah. makes me hungry. I would name it after a candy bar I've never had but want to try. The Curly Whirly. The Curly Whirly. <laughs> yeah. uh, what well, kind of candy bar is that? Because I'm intrigued. I've seen it in like British shows and I don't know anything else about it, but it's shaped like flipping DNA, judging by the wrapper. Looks really is cool. Is it like 
real or is it just like something on TV? Oh, it's 100% real. Yeah, I want one. Gotta get a curly whirly. So, Alex, James and I named ours after delicious treats, and then you just named yours ocean. (laughs) I have a a tactical strategy with mine. All right. This is mine's mine's ripped directly from the Odyssey. Maybe. What's that behind us? Knock, knock. I'm not falling for that (laughs) joke again. And they all die. That's right. (laughs) All right, you guys. I think it's time. It's it's that time of the show where we need to talk about our topics. Oh, Yeah. yeah. Pirates. Oh, my. Alex, how about you go first? Okay, I'll go first. I've got a salty one over here. <laughs> a salty one. Oh, that'd be yeah. a good pirate ship name, the Salty Dog. Isn't there a restaurant called the Salty Dog? There's a drink called the Salty Dog, too. Isn't there? Isn't that a clothing brand, too? Probably. I think that the clothing comes from the restaurant. No. I've got to look this up. Hey, what do, you, what do you call a dog that assaults people? An assaulty dog. <laughs> um, all right. It's, it's it? yeah, it's in Hilton Head. Oh, really? I've never been to Hilton. I was wondering. Head I've always saw the shirts growing up. I just figured it was some brand. I didn't realize it was just a cafe. <laughs> um. So, all right. So, I picked a pirate, a French pirate by the name of Francois La. Uh, Eloanas. What do you want? Hey, give it a go, Cece. Eloanai. You've studied French before, right? I did. This is a French name, so you just... Eloanai is how I would say it. Francois Eloanai. And for the rest of this, he will be called L-O. Okay. So a French pirate by the name of Francois L-O. You know, he's not unusual in that he hated the Spanish a lot and his real name was john david no no uh and this the, his real name is disputed there's among a lot multiple of disputes sources. with uh, oh yeah pirates yeah so he also went by he got this uh nickname the flail of the spaniards the flail yeah oh my gosh i would be so upset if somebody called me a flail well no a flail like he's attacking them like he's like the pain in their rear <laughs> not not like like not like when he sees Spaniards, he just goes. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> so he was born in 1635 in France, where he was sold as an indentured servant, and he went and worked in the Caribbean, where sometime between 35 and 60, he earned his freedom. Okay, so he worked worked it off. Yep, he worked it off, and it, and he earned his freedom, and then he became a buccaneer. And buccaneers mostly at the time sold meat. So it's like a butcher. Yeah, meat. Yeah. We'll just, for simplicity's sake, we'll say that. (laughs) Yeah. But when he made this decision to become a buccaneer, Spaniards would rue the day that his mother didn't love him enough. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Because this guy becomes just the worst person ever. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, he pursues the the buccaneer way for a while, you know, selling meat. Those buccaneers did, and then the War of Devolution started in 1667 to 1668, in which like the France and Spain really went at it. And uh, the French governor of Tortuga had hired he hired all these people to attack the Spanish. One of which was our boy Francois. And, well, Francois was in charge of attacking supply lines. And being in charge of such an important job, he gets a ship given to him. And so, now he's Captain Francois. Captain. 
and immediately gains an absolutely heinous reputation. <laughs> so so bad, in fact, that the Spanish would prefer dying to him in battle than to ever be captured by him. Oh my gosh. Because he tortures them in horrific ways. Yeah. For, for, <laughs> he was very inventive. One of his favorite things to do was to take the, you know how pirate ships have rope wrapped around the front the bow of the boat yeah he would take that wrap it around them so tight until their eyes popped out yeah it's like flipping a pinhead <laughs> from hellraiser except he's a pirate that doesn't yes. seem like possible in real life yeah. it doesn't seem it seems possible. like something possible in a cartoon yes so he would Our do it so hard until eyes popped to out. show you <laughs> yeah lord so he was really bad and that's not the only thing he did. So, not long after several successful expeditions, uh, Francois gets his ship destroyed. And even though all of his men survived the destruction, they do not survive what happens next. And that's the Spanish find them. And they massacre all of them. Or so they thought. Turns out, Francois was a, as smart as he was cruel. Because what he did was he took the blood of all of his comrades and... He put covered? it all over. He covered his body. He rolled in the sand and covered himself with the bodies of his his mm-hmm. crew, and waited until the Spanish left. And then he got up, went to the camp where the Spaniards were, overheard them talking about how they killed him and celebrating. And he gathered up their slaves in like a in a revolt. He didn't go kill them, but he gathered them up, and they went back to Tortuga so they could get some more vengeance. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so he played some serious possum. Yeah, yeah, he lay there dead, just covered in blood and bodies. <laughs> so, as you would imagine, almost dying to Spaniards didn't make him feel better about Spaniards. <laughs> So, <laughs> Francois said he was he was going to sack the town of Chaos. The town had heard that he was coming, so they sent this huge warship with like ten guns on it. Like, this thing was massive. Mm. And what did he do? He caught that thing off guard and got it. So now he had this warship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so man. he murders every single person on this ship. Except for one. And he leaves him with a message. And it's, I shall never henceforward give quarter to any Spaniard whatsoever. Man. That guy was lucky. (laughs) Can you imagine the the trauma that you would experience after having your ship taken by this guy and Mm. seeing every one of your friends? And and he probably saw a bunch of them get tortured. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. 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 This, This guy was messed up afterwards. So... Then he took eight ships and attacked several towns in this entire area and just he just ransacks them. He, he captures and tortures everyone, even prisoners that are already people that are already prisoners. He captures and tortures them because he wants to find out where their treasure is. And at one point, they even held a city at ransom after killing five hundred of their soldiers, like military soldiers. How many? I'm sorry. <laughs> how many people did he have on his crew? At this point, I'm not sure. He typically had 400. That's a, Damn, that's that's a, a lot little, of people. That, yeah, I was going to say, that's yeah. a, that's, he's got a little army here. <laughs> yeah, he's got a little army here. So we'll say he's got 400 people, and he, he even takes it the city, killing 500 people, and put gets it for ransom. And after all the treasure he gets from torturing people and, <laughs> I guess, this ransom, 
He gets 260,000 pieces of eighth. Of what? Eighth. What's that? Uh, Spanish pieces of eight were, which again, it's kind of funny because I associate it with pirates, oddly enough, because a lot of flipping like pirate treasure have pieces of eight in it. But it's it's stamped silver pieces. So, uh, in fact, like it's part of why we say quarter because it's it's like it's a silver coin made up of a quarter of a bit. So, or sorry, I said that weird. It's why we sometimes call quarters bits. I, I want to find out what it is today, but it's a lot of money. I, I will look that up. But the deal is, like, Spanish dollars would be, back then, like, you wouldn't get in trouble for, like, defacing money. It was actually pretty common because it was, it was silver. So it was worth whatever it was in silver, its weight. So people would just cut up coins. And if you cut a Spanish dollar into eight pieces, a.k.a. bits, like I mentioned, they would be called a piece of eight because they're one eighth of a Spanish dollar. Wow. Yeah. And again, uh, man, that takes me back. I'm having like flashbacks to uh, this wonderful song by Marcy Playground called Poppies. And it's about the poppy war and pieces of eights heavily referenced. Man, I love that song. Marcy Playground so underrated. For some <laughs> reason, I pictured you saying I'm having flashbacks to when I was a pirate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but there's conflicting sources on whether... It was just that, or he had enough like treasure equal to. It was that probably because of Spanish Either money. <laughs> He's just like, ah, probably. I've got your probably. money, Spain. Yeah, oh, so he, he splits that amount of money with his men, but apparently they blew almost all of it very quickly in taverns in Tortuga. <laughs> That's pretty much what pirates did. They, they got real yeah. rich and they spent it all real fast. Yeah, so now we've got Francois's final raid. Mm-hmm. Francois, he gets in a he gets an additional three hundred men, puts them at seven hundred, and they take Central America by storm, attacking all these Spanish outposts that they can find. A lot of which were like deep in the land, like they were having to go way off of the shore mm-hmm. to go find some of these places. Hmm. And the expeditions really proved to be not very successful. So bad that 300 men just like, we're out of here. See ya. Like, I'm not doing this. Yeah, I'm not doing this. We're not getting enough money out of this. It's kind of a waste of our time. (laughs) So while out here, he gets ambushed by the Spaniards. They finally get the drop on him. And they kill a bunch of his men. And in order to escape, he actually captures two of the Spaniards. And here is the account of the man that was let go. He says he drew his cutlass and with with it cut open the breast of one of those poor Spanish and pulling out his heart with his sacrilegious hands began to bite and gnaw at it with his teeth like a ravenous wolf saying to the rest, (laughs) I will serve you all alike if you show me no other way. So he cut this guy's chest open and started eating his heart in front of this other guy in order to get him to show him a way out man and he did obviously i would too <laughs> yeah go that way <laughs> so obviously they escaped because this guy was totally not gonna want to get his heart eaten and <laughs> they got back to their ship and quickly they shipwreck it they just wreck it oh my and goodness he, so they get back on the they're they're back on land and they're attacked by locals and spaniards and just waves slowly eating away at all their numbers, whittling them down. Then eventually Francois gets onto a raft 
and sails away until he's got to get back on land. This is in the Gulf of Darien, where they hit land and were attacked by the natives. And here is the account of what happened to him. Tore him in pieces alive, throwing his body limb by limb into the fire and his ashes into the air, to the intent no trace nor memory might remain of such an infamous inhuman creature. Uh, so, he sounds yeah. inhuman. He got yeah. torn to pieces while alive, and then those pieces were thrown into the fire. Some of the accounts say that then the rest of them was eaten. Jeez Louise, <laughs> Alex. Man. You came out strong with it this guy. A, it was a different time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Man, well, Francois. Mm. Yeah. Mine's not quite as, I mean, I'm still talking about a pirate, so it's kind of like, oh my gosh, but it's not like that. <laughs> Good gravy. Yeah, I saw I saw a bunch of conflicting information. One of them was that after, they actually had severed heads after the, the incident with the cutting out the heart, mm. and that the crew had to eat the severed heads what? because they didn't have any food. Oh, uh, but gosh. I don't know how true this was. Well, so. you know, the whole time you were talking about how big his crew was, I was thinking like, man, just to feed and ensure that they had potable water, that must have been, I mean, he must have been kind of brilliant as far as strategy and resource allocation goes. Yeah. I mean, he, he was a very smart guy, even mm. if he was like crazy, a horrible person. Mm. <laughs> man. Well, one thing that I found through a lot of my research is that there is a lot of differing information. Like I would go to one website mm -hmm. and it would say this and I go to another and it would say this yeah. and another and it would say yeah. something completely different than the other two. So well, a lot of my sources would tell the end of his story a little different. And yeah. this is the, the biggest through line I could get. I want to know what happened. Something during that war of devolution, like he must have seen some stuff to get that mad at Spain. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> All right, well, scallywags. It's my turn, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay, you guys. Scallywags. Yeah, today I'm talking about a pirate named Anne Bonnie. Oh. Yeah. Well, Anne Bonnie, she was a girly pirate, and she was a strong, independent female pirate who sailed the seven seas. Oh. And she wreaked havoc and all that jazz, because that's what pirates do. And <laughs> let's talk about her humble beginnings, okay? Anne Bonnie, a.k.a. Anne Cormac was born March 8th, 1697, which is the day after my birthday, except oh, hundreds of years yeah, before. Yeah, a little then. earlier, yeah. Yeah, but she was born in Cork, Ireland, and she was an Irish pirate, technically Irish-American, because she did come over to America eventually. But her daddy dearest, William Cormac, was a prominent Irish lawyer. Her mom was named Mary Brennan, and she was actually one of Cormac's maids, which is a big uh-oh because William was married to another woman when Anne was conceived. Mm. So bum, when bum, his bum. wife found out about the affair, she was not pleased. A divorce happened. It was a big thing. And Cormac ended up moving in with Mary following his divorce. All of his clientele was like, you are not living with a woman that you are not married to. Mm. And Cormac was like, yeah, I am. But then all of his clients were like, listen, I'm going to take my business elsewhere because this is unholy. <laughs> and so they all began its practice. And William was like, well, that's a bunch of rubbish, Mary. Mm. Where do we go from here? And they decided to go to Charlestown, a.k.a. Charleston, South Carolina. Oh. So part of Anne's childhood was spent in America. Sadly, her mother did pass away when she was 13 years old. And this, you guys, is when the rebellion 
really began. Oh. Yeah, she was 13. <laughs> That's also, the worst ad for Charleston. <laughs> <laughs> Leave your wife or your mistress, come to Charleston. <laughs> but side note, I got most of my information today from Britannica.com and SmithsonianMag.com. But back to Anne. She was, when she was a teenager, she got a little wild, you guys. <laughs> so wild, in fact, that some actually say she murdered a servant girl. Oh, who worked snap. for her family. Yeah, I told you, she's wild. And Ooh. she also about beat to death this other guy who tried to assault her. Oh. So I probably would have tried to beat somebody who tried to assault me too. But anyways, yeah. fact of the matter is, she was not someone to be trifled with. Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah. It, I mean, she's no Francois, but <laughs> let's get back to this. Um, and the next part, again, I found different information across different websites, but when she was 21, she got married to a sailor named John Bonnie, Johnny Bonnie is what I, <laughs> I'm going to call him. Bonnie. Yeah, Johnny Bonnie. So some places say that her father William arranged the marriage and Anne was really salty about it. And other places say that she willingly married Bonnie. So I don't know which one is true, but mm. all that really matters is that she ended up marrying this guy, Johnny Bonnie, <laughs> and they moved to the island New Providence in the Bahamas where John was working. And he was actually a pirate snitch, Ooh. helping the government catch and prosecute pirates, Whoa. which is funny because next thing you know, Anne's got herself another, another guy, a little side piece. That really floats her boat, if you catch my drift. So she met a guy named John Rackham. Oh. Another John, you guys. Yes. Oh. Yeah, yeah, you guys. She met John Rackham, and John was a pirate, and his pirate moniker was Calico Jack. Oh. Calico Jack, which I'm sorry. When I think of Calico Jack, it makes me think of Octonauts, because that's the name of Quasi's long-lost great-grandfather. Yeah. Or maybe it's just grandfather. grandfather. Anyways, Calico Jack, he's also on Octonauts. <laughs> James laughing about our uh, Octonaut lore. <laughs> Everything. This is the thing, you guys, and it actually amazes me. When we do our podcast and I do my research, there's always something that I find that reminds me of a children's show. So I'm not sure if it's just children's show being influenced by really weird stuff. Mm. Because I do. Part of me does think that writers of children's television have to like be a little out of their mind to think of some of the things that they think of. You know mm. what I mean? Mm. I've seen Monster Math Squad. Yeah, yeah, we've seen, yeah, we watched tons <laughs> of Monster Math Squad here, but anyways, Calico Jack, Octonauts, there was a real Calico Jack, you guys, and in 1720, Calico Jack decides he's going to commandeer a ship called William <laughs> in the Bahamas, which I think is just like the best name for a ship. Yeah. William. It's odd. Mm. Yeah, and Anne who's now abandoned her hubs, Johnny Bonnie, she leaves to go help Calico work his regular nine to five of being a pirate. So she's helping him steal all of these ships left and right. And something that really kind of baffles people is that Calico Jack wanted Anne around at all because it was said to be bad luck to have a woman on a pirate ship. And mm -hmm. Anne did not keep quiet about her gender around all of her crewmates. She was basically like, I'm a woman, hear me roar. If you don't like it, then I'm going to push you over the side of this ship. Mm -hmm. So... She didn't care, but but one noticed that when they did pillage other ships, she did dress like a man when she was pirating. Probably a good bet. Yeah, but she was a handful, old Anne. And she said she was said to be fierce. She knew how to brandish a knife, and she was not the least bit afraid to use it. And legend has it that when one of Calico Jack's colleagues put up a stink about her being on board their ship because he thought it was bad luck, 
she took a knife and she just went and drove it right through his heart. Ooh. But she did not eat it in Francois style. No, Same. she just licked the blade. Oh, gross. Just a sociopath, she, not a psychopath. <laughs> she she did some damage. Anyways. And she was really only a pirate for about two years. She lived that pirate lifestyle from 1718 to 1720. But during her time at sea, she also did meet another lady friend, a female pirate named Mary Reed, who she's just as fascinating. I could probably cover her in a future episode, but Mm. it's believed, well, Mary was initially captured during their pillaging ships and whatnot. So she was originally a hostage. But it's believed that Mary and Anne ended up liking each other, like like liking each other, <laughs> which initially made Calico Jack very jealous because they, when they captured Mary, she pretended to be a man. So Calico thought that Anne was just fooling around with some other guy because I think Calico Jack really had a thing for her. Like he was in love with Anne. Yeah. So he was upset. And then Mary showed him her, her chesticles, Ugh. her boobies. And then <laughs> Calico Jack was like, oh, you're a woman. Carry on. Whatever. So I guess it didn't bother him quite as much. I don't know. But yeah. Anne and Mary were like two peas in a pod being fierce pirates together. Mm. Yes. But sadly, you guys, their times at sea did come to an abrupt end when the owner of the ship, William, wanted it back. He wanted it back. Huh. And he was all pissed because these pirates took a ship. So he sent out a privateer to get the ship back. And as the story goes... Anne and Mary were two of the people on board who really put up a fight when they tried to take the ship back. Mm. Um, Most of their crew was passed out drunk and they had very little support, but Anne and her beloved Calico Jack and the rest of the crew, they were captured and taken to Jamaica for trial. And Calico and all of his men were found guilty and they were hung. And what I thought was really, really sad was that Calico Jack, one of his last requests was to see Anne and so Anne met up with him, and do you guys know what she supposedly said to him right before he was executed? Uh, what? She said, <laughs> if you had fought like a man, you need not have been hanged like a dog. Oh. Dang. Dang. Yeah. Man. I think I so like I- Francois better. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was harsh. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, but. Yeah, at least Francois didn't break anyone's heart. He just. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Well, Anne and Mary, they were taken to trial, also found guilty, but lucky for them, they were Mm. both with child, and they were spared, kind of. Reed did supposedly pass away in jail within a year, some likely believe from a complication from childbirth. And as for Anne, what happened to her isn't really entirely known. Some write that she was released from jail, like Britannica.com says that she came back to South Carolina, got married, had kids. Live the rest of her life to the ripe old age of 85, which is a very long time. But other places, I read that she may have died in the Bahamas. Per Wikipedia, there's actually a ledger that lists someone named Anne Bonnie. The name is misspelled, though. Her name is spelled A-N-N-E. And hmm. on the ledger, it's spelled A-N-N. But, yeah. you know, it's could easily be misspelled. I was going to say, they don't, I don't think they had a standardized way of spelling anything back then. No. But they, there's a ledger that says that Anne Bonny was being buried in December 1733. Mm. So almost everything we know about Anne, a lot of it could be sensationalized. It is from an author named Charles Johnson who wrote a book called A General History of Robberies and Murders of the Most Notorious Pirates, published in 1724. Mm. And some people think that this is the same guy who wrote... Um, it, 
what's his name? Daniel Defoe. That sounds right. Maybe that sounds familiar. I can't remember. They think it's a, a pseudo name, but anyways. But of Anne's fate, it is written that quote: she was continued in prison to the time of her lying in, and afterward reprieved from time to time. But what is become of her since we cannot tell. Only this we know that she was not executed. Hmm. The end. Hmm. Now, you guys, that is the tale of Anne Bonny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow, oh, good deal. Oh my. Goodness. We just don't know what happened. We don't know. She was mean. She was mean. Mm. Like she had Calico. no remorse. Yeah, that was cold blooded. I don't yeah. like that. Poor guy. Mm. Calico Jack was just like, I love you. And she was just like, mm-mm. Man. Yeah. All Man. right. Well, James, who are you talking about? I am talking about Blackbeard, a.k.a. Blackbeard. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. A.k.a. Edward Teach. Uh, which may or may not have actually been pronounced thatch because, again, no standardized spelling. But nope. uh, originally, Blackbeard was a privateer. And that's pretty much where his life starts. And the reason I say that is because we don't really know a whole lot about him. We don't know how old he was. We think he was born around 1680. Around. We think he was born in Bristol, in Britain. But we don't know that for sure. We do know at some point he ended up in Carolina, North Carolina. Um, but we don't know a whole lot about the guy. We don't know a lot about his his past or his background. What we do know really starts with him being a privateer. And by the way, you both mentioned privateers. Uh, do you guys yeah. know what a privateer is? I thought that a privateer was just somebody who was hired to do work for somebody else. No. What is it? A privateer is one of the funniest concepts because a privateer is a pirate. It's just a legal pirate. Basically, what would happen is, you know, let's say England and Spain, hypothetically, this is, I mean, this definitely did happen, but let's say they're at war. Well, in that instance, you want Spanish ships to get taken if you were English or vice versa. You want uh, their citizens to be terrified. You want their trade to suffer. You want them to be scared to go into the water. So you basically hire people and you, you, you pretty much just say, hey, you seem like you'd be good at like. Killing people and stealing. Uh, <laughs> you're you're legal to do it. You have a you have a license to kill. You're like 007 with an eye patch, and that is what happened. And a lot of like well known people were privateers. People who were seen as totally legit. Benjamin Franklin even funded a whole bunch of privateers during the the Revolutionary War. So it's, <clears throat> and and there's a reason why you guys both mentioned privateers because well, what happens when the war is over and all you're good at doing is stealing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, they kind of created their own problems with this is where I'm going. Uh, well, he started off as a privateer during Queen Anne's War, and that's very important uh, because, well, you'll find out later. But he was basically just raiding ships in the Caribbean and off the coast of the United States. Um, incidentally, this was this was fought in – this was before the United States, but it was during – the period where the 13 colonies existed. So it was fought off the, the coast of the U.S. It was it was an American war before America existed, in other words. Uh, yeah. The French and Indian Wars, in other words. So he was just taking ships, stealing, doing whatever he wanted. And this is where it also gets murky. Some people claim, some sources claim, that he got his ears wet with a Captain Benjamin Hornigold. And we do know that that was a guy who was also involved in Queen Anne's War. He was a privateer. Uh, but we don't know for sure. Some people say that Teach joined his crew 
about 1716, um, and that he ended up putting him in command of one of the ships that he caught. And from there, you know, he just gets really, really good at privateering, a.k.a. legal privacy. But we don't know this. We don't actually know that that happened. What we do know, though, is that he caught a French slave ship, La Concorde, and he renamed it Queen Anne's Revenge. So Queen Anne's War, Queen Anne's Revenge. (laughs) He gets 40 guns, he gets 300 men, and he just goes to town. He only had Queen Anne's Revenge for like less than a year, but it's the most famous ship that he had because, you know, what's that phrase? It's not the size of the ship, it's the motion of the ocean. In this instance, it's not... uh, how long he has the ship, it's all the things he does with it. And he does a lot because when the war's over and he turns to real piracy, I mean, he's just raiding everywhere. He's raiding South Carolina. He's raiding North Carolina. He's raiding the Caribbean. He has just taken everything. Virginia, pretty much the entire uh, East Coast of the United well, not the United States, but pre-United States, the colonies, were terrified of this guy. And that's not the coolest thing about him, though. Edward Teach, despite his mysterious origins, I would like to think that he was either self-taught or well-educated because he he had a flair for leadership in an interesting way. Because if you're a pirate, you kind of want everybody to be scared of you because, you know, it's easier to take a ship if they don't fight back. Right. So this was the most theatrical dude ever. Uh, I mean, he really, when you think of pirates, you think of stuff that this guy did. One, he's called Blackbeard because he grew his beard really, really flipping long, which you can only imagine got really matted and Rob Zombie-like on all those voyages. Uh, (laughs) And he would tie them in braids and uh, put ribbons in it and just all sorts of crazy stuff like that. Uh, He would sometimes even put fuses, a.k.a. slow matches, under his hat, tie it in his hair, tie it in his beard. He just looked insane. Uh, one individual who saw him basically pretty much said, um, no fury from hell conjured from the imagination could match what he looked like. So he was just a oh terrifying gosh. guy. Yeah. And one fun thing about him that people often get wrong. Um, I mean, I remember when, hearing about this when I was growing up was that he had like all these wives and that one of the wives uh, found out that he had a, a hidden room and, and he was told her never to go into that and all that. And she goes in one day and it's just a bunch of women's heads. It turns out he had all these wives and he would decapitate them. And uh, none of that happened. None of that happened. He was only married once. He was oddly enough married. Uh, the guy who officiated the ceremony was actually the Royal governor of Bath, North Carolina. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Yeah. Mary Ormond. Um, she was, she was born in North Carolina and when she was 16, Blackbeard and her got married in North Carolina. Uh, the royal secretary for North Carolina was was actually Blackbeard's neighbor at the time, and he attended <laughs> the wedding. So, I mean, that's a that's such a weird thing to consider. Like, it, it seems well, like he got along really well with people until he decided, well, privateering ain't cutting it. The war is over. Time to really terrify <laughs> the world. <laughs> Well, I think that one thing that is often a misconception when it comes to pirates is that a lot of them were just, you know, they would go and party and do all these crazy things. But mm. a lot of pirates were actually family men. Yeah. They really only just did it so that they could support their families, but they were very loyal and true. Interesting. It depends upon the pirate. Yeah. but Yeah. This has nothing to do with Blackbeard itself, but I just realized something that you guys might not know. It's a fun fact about pirates. Um, do you guys know why pirates wear eye patches? 
I realize it sounds like the start to a corny joke, but I'm dead serious. That way they don't have to close one eye when they're aiming. They already have it closed for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have no idea. Okay, it's brilliant. It's brilliant why they wore eye patches, or some of them wore eye patches, the stereotype. A lot of people think, oh, they have one eye because, you know, violence. No, that wasn't why. The deal is you're raiding ships, right? And you're, you know, imagine this, you're in the Caribbean and there's a ship and, oh, snap, let's go steal that ship. And, you know, you, you're board the ship, right? You're fighting, you're fighting. You push all of the men who have survived that, that are on the ship back. And where do they go? What are they going to do? They're going to retreat. Go yes, they go down. They retreat down in the hold. Oh. Uh-oh. Well, here's the fun thing. They've just run from the hot Caribbean sun down into the hold, and it's dark. And now they can see in the oh my yeah. And so all you got to do is run down there and take that eye patch off, and voila, you can see better than they can because you already have one eye that's adapted to darkness. Wow! So that was the deal. How cool is that? I had no idea. That hmm. makes me really happy, James. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Uh, well, after being just the absolute terror. Of the well, part of the Caribbean, but mostly mostly the Carolinas, um, they finally say enough's enough, and a whole bunch of people band together to deal with Teach, aka Blackbeard. So what ends up happening is they ended up surrounding him, a whole bunch of people led by a Maynard um, at the Okra Okra Coke Island. So that's a, an area just outside of. You can probably guess North Carolina because it seems to be where all the big things that happened with Teach took place. So they stopped all the traffic from going into it because this is a great place, by the way, to attack somebody because it's a little inlet. So if you block traffic going one way, it's not really feasible to to escape. There's, you know, it's an in and out kind of spot. It kind of reminds me of Thermopylae. You know, you you can get in narrow and you can get out narrow, but if you block it, you're you're in trouble. So anyway. Uh, they end up sending a whole bunch of people after him. And this is what I, this is why I wanted to cover him was, was the way that this dude died. It's just amazing. Uh, he really held his own against a much, much bigger force. Um, in fact, only a dozen pirates were killed and 11 of Maynard's men were killed. So in terms of casualties, uh, it was pretty close, <laughs> but here's what's nuts though. This is why I wanted to cover him because whenever I learned about his death a long time ago, I was just in awe that this could happen with a human being. Um, they shot him a lot during this fight and he was run through a lot by sabers. And during this time, the deck is actually slick with blood, mostly not blackbeards. <laughs> But still, quite a bit of it, Blackbeards. So yeah. what ends up happening is Maynard and Teach, this is like Pirates of the Caribbean stuff, they drew their flintlocks, fired at each other almost simultaneously, missed, threw their flintlocks away, drew their cutlasses. Blackbeard breaks Maynard's sword, okay? So Maynard's in trouble. So he starts backing up. Maynard gets another flintlock, fires again, Teach gets slashed in the neck by one of Maynard's men. Now he's really hurt, right? Even though he's been shot and stabbed multiple times. Uh, this battle just keeps going. I don't even know how this is possible, but he was shot five times. He was cut and or stabbed 
20 times, including the neck. And even then, I mean, he kept fighting. I mean, this guy was superhuman. It's just amazing what adrenaline and a, no, a can-do attitude he can do. <laughs> um, so th- what they ended up doing was they actually uh, cut his head off. They threw his corpse into the said inlet, and uh, they suspended his head from Maynard's sloop so that Maynard could collect on that bounty. So Maynard won in the end, but, I mean, it took a lot of people. And it took days and days to repair the ships, to bury all the corpses. And uh, what they ended up finding among all the stuff that Teach had stolen was uh, sugar and cocoa and indigo and cotton. And that's another thing a lot of people don't think about with pirates. Yeah. They think about gold. But really, the the money in piracy was you would buy commodities. <laughs> you would buy yeah. goods and then you would sell them. And that was really like how he was making a lot of money. And the crew ended up just sort of helping themselves so to speak to all that treasure so even though even though they killed a pirate they kind of pirated his pirate horde in a lot of respects and all the remaining members of his crew were hanged and they were just left to rot kind of like what you see in uh pirates of the caribbean you know those decomposing uh cadavers and i would like to finish on one more thing full circle because i remember the first thing i ever learned about uh Blackbeard was the whole decapitated wife's thing and turns out not true at all. But I mentioned that he was only married to one woman, Mary Ormond, according to some sources. I am very skeptical of this. I think that all in all, despite being a terrifying guy, I don't think he would have done this, but that's me being biased maybe. Presumably at one point, he just decides to give her to Queen Anne's Revenge crew. Like basically like, here's a lady, guys. Good job. So I I am very skeptical of that for a few reasons. One being one lady and 300 dudes. And secondly, it sounds like a lot of the stuff that we've we've covered that's really like questionable. I think a lot of it was the allure of pirates that lasts even today. I mean, little kids want to be pirates. I think the allure of pirates really fed into the need to make propaganda to make them out to be a lot worse than they were. Uh, except, of course, for Francois, holy moly. But, <laughs> but but by and large, I think the things that we can't prove are probably fabrications to demonize them. Yeah. Hmm. I agree. I think that, I mean, I'm not saying that pirating is a good thing by yeah. any means, but I do think that a lot of it is sensationalized because mm. if you want people to be afraid of something, you make it seem like it's, you know, the most yeah. terrifying thing in the world. And some of the things that, they're said to have done. It's just hard to fathom, but then yeah. who knows? It was so long ago. There's no way to actually fact check any of it. I want to put fuses in my beard now. <laughs> there you go. James, you should take a picture with some, uh, with some birthday candles in your beard. <laughs> for Instagram. That is a, that is a really dangerous idea. <laughs> um, oh man. You don't have to light them. Just mm. tuck them in there. Oh. Say we lit them later. Anyways. Mm. You guys, that's pirates. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to do another pirates because I found Yeah, this was a fun. lot. I found a lot about pirates. Yeah. There are lots of interesting pirates out there, you guys. And yeah. Nathan, thank you for submitting this topic. I guess it's that time. That time to draw another topic. Give it a vibe. All right. And we are going to be talking oh. about. Oh, oh. I've dropped like six of them. <laughs> All right, we are going to be talking about. We're going to go back to abandoned places. Ooh, yes. I love so abandoned places. it's been a while since we've done that. Yeah. yeah. 
That's a fun. So we're going to do abandoned places. And this time the topic was submitted to us by Ashley in South Dakota. Oh, thank you, Ashley. Yes, thank you for listening. Are you going to read some fun facts about Ashley? (laughs) Oh, yeah. You want to hear some fun facts about Ashley? Yeah. All right, here we go. Let me pull them up. So Ashley's childhood dream was meeting Ariel, the little mermaid. Mm. And then she thinks the best gift you could ever give someone is frankincense or a Starbucks gift card. So, Ashley, thank you for sending this topic in. If you want to hear what's so funny, Alex. Frankincense. Frankincense. Mm. Or a Starbucks gift card. Okay. I love Starbucks. Okay, you guys, um, I think that that's it for our episode. Is there anything you guys want to say before we hit the road? Sayonara, Uh, you floriers, you. That was almost in perfect synchrony, you guys. (laughs) Talked over one another. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have anything to say. So I guess until next time, you guys, we hope that you can <laughs> keep, keep it straight. straight.